On this edition of Kiwi Trips, as we go coast to coast in Australia. From the sass and stature of Harbourside, Sydney, to the wonders out west in Perth. We stake out some great trails, enticing eats and suitable refreshments in these great coastal cities. Let's go coast to coast across the ditch. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard, Kiwi Tripsters. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. Good to see you, Andrew. Always good to see you, Michael. And we're coasting it on Kiwi Tripsters into one of our favourite playgrounds. Yes, indeed. We're like happy kangaroos, hopping from one (laughs) side of Australia to the other. Come on down, Skippy. Oh, doing, doing. Yes, and starting on the East Coast, no matter the season, Sydney sure knows how to entertain. Absolutely, always. So why not fire yourself? up with a spring recharge in the Emerald City. Why is it called the Emerald City? Uh, because the water is sort of emerald coloured. Of course. I think so. Yes. Either that or it had something to do with the Land of Oz. Yes. Could be both. Do you know why the Wizard of Oz was called Oz? Why? Do you know how that got the name? Yeah. Because when he was writing it, he couldn't think of a name. He looked across at his filing cabinet Top drawer was A to N, second drawer was O to Z, yes. and he picked Oz. Nice. Brilliant. Right. There you go. So before the sticky heights of summer take hold <laughs> in the Emerald City in the land of Oz, what I love about Sydney in spring are it's the perfect time to do those long scenic walks, gazing across the glittering emerald waters from so many inviting cliffside perches, Andrew. Now, the Bondi to Bronte Coastal Walk is arguably the most famous trail. It's like a poster child for Sydney. So is, yep. And ocean swimming might not be on your spring agenda, Mm. although if you do want to have a bit of of a dip, Bondi Icebergs is that uh, pool that sort of washes into the ocean down in Bondi. I I don't think we ever... Went for a dip no, there, no, did we? we? Did, we did not. No, but it's guaranteed to give you an endorphins rush. Mm. Uh, for a change of scenery, if you've done the Bondi Coastal Walk, the Federation Cliff Walk is a really cool option. Now, this is a 5K clifftop walk with postcard views out to the Pacific, running from Dover Heights uh, from Watson's Bay. And a bit like the Bondi Walk, you've got those sandstone cliffs guarding the approaches to Sydney Harbour. Uh, and this walking track also offers spectacular sea views at every step. Now, harbourside lunching doesn't get any better than at pint-sized Watson's Bay. This is home to the storied Doyle's on the Beach restaurant. Absolutely. First established in 1885. Oh, back then. This was Australia's first seafood restaurant. I think it is pretty impressive that it's still family-owned and has been a continuous operation since then. It's incredible, isn't it? It is so cool. And they are sticklers for tradition, so most of the fish is caught by hand line and it's iced on the boat. Now, if the menu leaves you, if you can't decide from the huge array, just order up a fisherman's platter and gorge your way through the best of Australian sea life. It's like opening your mouth and just taking a journey through the ocean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Yes. Now, of course, a really good um, option, a classic Sydney excursion, is the ferry ride now, from Circular Key to Manly. Where do many people know this 
from? What's what's the song? Oh. Australian Crawl, Reckless, as the manly ferry cuts its way to Circular Quay. True. Indeed. Yes. Anyway, back to your story. So that is a classic, isn't it? I mean, you could never get sick of doing that particular cruise. No. Um, across to Manly, to the ocean promenades. In fact, last time mm-hmm. Andrew and I were in Manly... It was the height of summer, mm-hmm. and you got nailed by a blue bottle. Well, yeah, we thought, oh, this is. We'll just just go for a little paddle in the in the ocean. Just just up to up to my ankles. Blue bottle came in, bang. Ah! <laughs> and as I recall, I ended up getting a little cream called Paxim. Paxim, it Paxim. was too. It was. I don't know why I remember that, but it was from a from a chemist. Yes, um, in Manly. Actually, Manly's been. I love Manly. I love the ride to and from Manly on on the ferry because that in itself is an experience. But the other the time before that, I was in Manly. Actually, it was so tired, I fell asleep on the beach and got heat stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should try it on the beach. Yeah, I think I should. I was like Florence Nightingale charging down the Corso. <laughs> you were from Manly Beach, and we went into the local pharmacy. And obviously they do a roaring trade in Paxum. Yeah, because they just went, oh, yeah, blue bottles, yeah, 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 buy this. Yeah. So uh, word of um, health advisory here, January and February is blue bottle season, apparently. Because, and I learned while we were there, it's when – was it the easterly wind? Yes. When the wind blows a certain way, yes. the blue bottles, and we're not talking, and before you're sitting there thinking, oh, what a pillock, how did he not see the blue bottle? <laughs> they literally come in in swarms, li- in swarms, in yeah. waves. They just, yeah. they're scattered absolutely everywhere. And they're like ocean locusts. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's incredible. And we said, what? How? Yeah. And the locals said, ah, oh, yeah, mate, it's when the wind blows in a certain direction. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, one of my go to manly staples, by the way, is from Manly Beach, head east to Shelley Beach. I only ah. discovered this last time I was over there. But once again, you've got amazing trails on the headland uh, with incredible coastal panoramas. Did you check out the, if they had a blue bottle problem? Because Shelley Beach is also one of Sydney's most sheltered coves. Yes. Now, the geographical distinction of being one of the few places in the city where you can catch an epic sunrise and equally epic sunset. Mm. from the sand because it looks east and west. It's got an amazing proximity to all of those sort of elements. And they've got very cool rock pools, by the way. Oh, like a good rock pool. Yes, I love a wee rock pool just to have a little look at um, the critters in the rock pools. The kids love it. So if you're going there with a family, go to Shelley Beach. It's very, very safe. And, yeah, the kids will go crazy over all of those critters. Nice. Uh, Cross the Harbour Bridge, of course, is another great walking option. And dip into the leafy lanes of Kirribilli. Another great Australian name. Kirribilli. Isn't it? Kirribilli. Every home should have one. Kirribilli. Um, Now, actually, Kirribilli is home to the Prime Minister's Sydney residence. Yes, it is. Which you can, which they do point out too when Mm -hmm. you're on uh, maybe the Manly Ferry or something. You do see it on the ferry. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Or any of those sites and cruises. Yeah, they normally point it out because you've also got the Governor General's Sydney residence right next door to the PM's. Yes, it is on a harbour cruise, isn't it? Now, the, the Governor-General's place was built in 1842. Oh, really? Yeah, it was only two years after New Zealand was uh, 
was first discovered, and I put that in inverted quotes, but anyway. Indeed. Now, by by yeah. the way, Kirribilli is one of Australia's oldest. What did you say? 18... 1842. It is one of Australia's oldest and effluent suburbs, <laughs> as Kath and Kim would say. <laughs> Kath and Kimism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, tailor-made for a leisurely walkabout. The village here contains the second highest concentration of heritage-listed buildings in Australia, second only to the rocks, yeah. which is just down from um, Circular, Circular Key. Yeah. 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 And another great walk if you're over on the north side of the Harbour Bridge next to Kirribilli. Down at the bottom of Kirribilli, when you look back to that view of the city skyline, is that's Milson's Point. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're at, like you're at, you're at the base of the bridge on the yep. north side? Yep. Yeah, Milson's Point. If you want to do a really cool walk, go from Milson's Point west to lovely languid Lavender Bay. It's a lot of L's. And that is the first watery little cul-de-sac to, to greet you, headlined by Luna Park's slightly sinister tooth-faced entrance. Luna Park has a heck of a checkered history. Yes, yeah. yes. Still good rides, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they it's, had it's, that fire there, didn't they? Oh, they, they've had all sorts of things. I think it's been closed down, rebuilt, reopened, gone bankrupt, reopened again. Yes. Because uh, there's Luna Park in Melbourne. Yes, there is. Uh, which is which has trucked along nicely since yes. the beginning of time. Yes. But Luna Park, Sydney, just... Yeah. I remember we went on a rather rickety, was it a wooden roller coaster at Luna Park? And it that, was like, mm, uh, mm. at Coney Island or somewhere, wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't the Coney Island? Island coaster or something something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you haven't done so before now, bask yourself in the brilliance of Barangaroo. Another great Aussie name. Yes. Barangaroo. Barangaroo Reserve. Which Which sort of sounds like someone was trying to say kangaroo, but couldn't (laughs) quite say it after all the cans of 4X. They had a boomerang in their mouth as (laughs) they were trying to say kangaroo, (laughs) and it all got a bit gobbled up. Maybe it's the kangaroo that keeps coming back. Uh, so anyway, Barangaroo Reserve. This is Sydney's illustrious new foreshore park. And now, after two hundred years, two hundred years of maritime activity, and most recently a container wharf, this harbourside reserve unfurls across the northwestern tip of the CBD. Quite impressive, absolutely. Um, and it's been so beautifully landscaped. They've got these gigantic sandstone blocks cascading down to the water. Lots of native trees, terraced gardens. Uh, Barangaroo has really solidified its stature amongst Sydney-siders as a really popular picnic spot. You'll see lots of people just out there exercising, and you've got gun barrel views across to Belmain and Darling Harbour. Now, the, and this is cool, spectacularly designed and furnished with 74,000 native plants. Mm. Absolutely stunning reserve, doubles as a natural sort of amphitheatre with regular performances. And not only is it home to the city's tallest building, which is a big claim, uh, the Soaring Crown Towers, which is nearly three rugby fields high. That's high. That's high. Yeah. But the waterfront trail is now all laced up, leading you from Bangaroo. Barangaroo. Barangaroo. Let's go to Barangaroo. Yeah. And where does it go to from there? All the way down to Cockle Bay and Darling Harbour. And yes. Darling Harbour has, since sort of the 80s, it's, it's changed a bit. But it's because you used to be able to catch the monorail yes. out to Darling Harbour. Yes. They've yeah. still got the shells yeah. of some of the stations at Darling Harbour. And the monorail was, uh, it used to cost you $2. And that was going for ages. And then they ditched it. Yeah, they did. Totally disassembled, but they've got, as I say, some of the shells of the station still standing there as like little memorials. Why? Because people miss it. 
<laughs> so, so you leave the station with, yeah. with no monorail. Exactly. Oh, You've been waiting a long time. You mean remember that monorail you used to like? Yeah, well, there's the station. <laughs> Can we catch the monorail? No, nah, the monorail's gone, but the station's still there. By the way, if you do walk from Barangaroo all the way around to Cockle Bay and Darling Harbour, you'll definitely be needing a thirst quencher or a stiffener uh, by the time you reach Cockle Bay. Cockle- and if you're Michael, you've had several on the way. Well, that's true. Yes. yes. Uh, and Cockle Bay is where you have like that lineup of all those swanky uh, al fresco eateries. Also, home to a nightclub that I believe Andrew and myself went to uh, some time ago. Home. Oh, Remember, yeah. home. Home. It's still going. Is it? In Cockle Bay. Wow. Yeah. Still there. Yeah. Okay, coming up, we dive into Sydney's dining and uh, scale one of her greatest landmarks, and that's not Kylie Minogue. Back in a tick. This is Get Me Trips. This is your back with Mike and Andrew as we span Australia from coast to coast. Uh, now, before we head west, let's stick with Sydney because the Harbour Bridge turned 90 this year. 90. Now, for old times' sake, did you climb her? I felt like I needed to mount her again. <laughs> I, was with, <laughs> I was with my sister. <laughs> and I said to Lisa, yeah. we need to scale this all-time favourite world landmark. So, Lisa, by the way, Michael's sister, whose nickname is Snook. Yes. But let's- yes. <laughs> and of course, when I say I mounted her again, the first time I mounted the bridge was with you. It was indeed. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So that was when she turned 70. Yeah, it must be. Yeah. yeah. I was a lot younger. I was a lot friskier. And I actually think back to when we did it. I think I was very hungover. I think, yeah, that, that doesn't Which probably me. means you were too, Andrew. Nah, that, that would be <laughs> an inference that I would not like to admit to. <laughs> but what I really love about the bridge climb, and I'm happy to share notes with you here, is yes. that it's a surprisingly easy walk. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Even if you've had a night on the suds. As long as you have a head for heights, it is not strenuous, highly enjoyable, quite sociable. Well, as we've covered before, you're actually attached to a a a piece of wire that never breaks. Yes. The, the entire there's not one single break in it. And this was actually I think the idea originally came from New Zealand. It was made in France and shipped to something like that. Yes. And it's it's this unbroken piece of wire. There is no chance of you coming off. So even if you fell, you're caught, but you wouldn't fall. How so, many people do you think have mounted the bridge? I'd say it'd have to be few million by now. Four million in 24 years. That's not bad, is it? It's the most mounted bridge in terms of a professional climb in the world. The experience is really, really good. They sort of sit you down, they give you your jumpsuit, they they tell you all the bits and pieces, they explain the whole carabiner and the unbroken wire, and you you kind of step out and you're like, okay, well, this is is fantastic. Yes. And they actually take you through the middle of the bridge too, where all the the things you never actually see, where all the maintenance crews and the offices, and it's really, it was an eye-opener. Absolutely. Uh, when do you think the best time is to do it? It'd have to be in the morning. Yes. Yeah. I think so, because the city is still calm. Yes. The water's unruffled. Yes. And the sky's clear, too. Yes, that's true. And yeah. you essentially see Sydney wake up. Yeah. You know, the ferries start 
purring away across the harbour and life takes hold. Something which I was intrigued to see when I was doing it with Lisa in June was up at the summit of the bridge, there was a lot of discussion about where this $25 million flagpole was going to go. That's right. Did they remember about that? Everyone went, $25 million for a flagpole. flagpole. Might you give me 25 mil, I'll build you a few flagpoles. Yeah. So after the public backlash, what they were going to do, of course, was they were going to install an Aboriginal flag alongside the Australian flag and the New South Wales state flag. And why have different flags? Well, everyone likes to have their own flag. Of course they They do. They like to fly their own flag. They do. Uh, So they've now decided, as opposed to spending $25 million on a very strong flagpole, (laughs) they're just going to get rid of the New South Wales state flag, which has caused another upset, and replace that with the Aboriginal flag. Why not? Could they just have a flag day? Wednesday's Aboriginal day, Thursday is colonists' day, oh, <laughs> Friday is invaders' day, Saturday's, oh, fly a sports flag for Saturday, yeah. Sunday fly something religious. Well, the thing that's really is how many people actually look up at the flag. I love those flags. Well, I know you do, but how? Uh, let's not get into I've that, got a flagpole in my backyard. Yes, I know you do. Mm. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when you're up there, uh, when you're up on on the bridge, you're gazing down at the traffic. Yes. Which is incredible because it looks like little toy cars. Yeah. 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 What I love about it, and it is such an instructive insight when you're up there, is you look down at this 90-year-old construction. Wow. They built it with the future in mind because you've got trains, cars, bikers, and walkers all making use of its very wide multi-mode girth. Um, it was visionary. Compare that to the nonsense we've got in Auckland. I know. With these cheap and nasty <laughs> clip-on lanes that you can't have too much heavy traffic on, otherwise they might break <laughs> and you can't have cyclists and oh no. And, and if the wind gets above four knots, we have to close three shut lanes. Shut the whole thing down. And, oh. <laughs> I mean, really, we're yeah, a joke, yeah, aren't yeah. we? And also when you look at the fact uh, that they, in what was in the early 1900s, they yes. built the underground railway. Yes. In Sydney yes. as well, yes. saying, well, this is going to be a big city. Let's prepare for it. And we're yeah. still arguing about railway. Uh, but, you know, that, that you're right. It was absolutely visionary. And yeah. then when you go on the bridge climb and you see the pictures of how they built oh, the bridge goodness. with people sort of swinging out yeah. on ropes and dropping hot rods of yep. steel. Yeah. To harden the rivets, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly, and not much health and safety back in those days, not at all. No, yeah. Now, for a spot of harbour sightseeing, there's a new champagne cruise. Yes, I was very, very keen to check this out. <laughs> well, the word champagne was in there, so you'd be in <laughs> straight in. Um, if you want to, you add a bit of indulgence factor. Do you remember back in the day they had the Captain Cook Coffee Cruise? I yeah, I know the. Putting Captain Cook and Coffee Cruise <laughs> together was just, you know, it it's, was so it's, like the, it's like the Royal Highness's Custard Square, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a swanky new offering by Captain Cook, the Mom Champagne Harbour Bar Cruise. I thought he was dead. The boat's still going. Oh, yeah, right. Yep, His yep. cruises are still going. Yeah. They've actually got a replica of the Endeavour in Darling so Harbour. So Captain Cook's cruising in Sydney is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. Yeah, he gets about. <laughs> boy, oh, boy. Don't trust those sailors. Uh, so not only does the Mum Champagne Harbour Bar Cruise come with bubbles, but you get a lavish seafood platter Ooh. with all sorts of goodies, prawns and oysters and calamari and smoked salmon blinis. It's fantastic. Yeah. Well, tuck into those goodies as you feast your eyes on the sizzling harbour sites. It's a great way to uh, sort of serenade your return to Sydney. Now, do they still have the jet boat ride on Sydney Harbour? We did that, and we, that yeah. was good. <laughs> 
<laughs> Talk about blow your hair back. Oh, my goodness. I'm still in the recovery position 22 <laughs> years later. We actually, I think, went on one of their first rides. Yes. I think that was their first summer. I think it was. Harbour Jet. Yeah, Harbour Jet. That, Harbour was, that Jet. really was. A rocket ship yeah. on the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sydney's original and first jet boat operation in Australia, Harbour Jet. So they now depart from Darling Harbour, but it's full throttle, 75k an hour, and you just get this continual mix of stunts, wild spins, fish tails, power brake stops, I remember those. The funny thing was, though, is we felt completely safe. They put you at ease. Well, I felt completely (laughs) safe. Is that the royal we or the presumptuous we? All right, let's go. I felt like having a we. In fact, confession time, I think I might have. Okay, let's spring from that to food. Um, And you made it to the Cabana Bar. Yes. Well, I thought after doing those 1,332 steps on the Sydney Harbour Bridge Climbs, which burns off 504 calories, I felt emboldened to have some personal (laughs) indulgence. So a few of my Sydney mates said to me earlier this year, you've got to go to the Cabana Bar. Mm. This is in the MLC Centre in Martin Place. Martin Place is very cool, by the way. Yes. I took my sister there. She agreed. She thought it was so, so sexy. Such a cool place. They've got this outdoor terrace as long as a rugby field, very much built with the COVID age in mind. Do you notice, too, how a lot of um, Australians measure things in rugby fields? But anyway, let's move on. Well, actually, just just an insight into the life and times of Mike and Andrew, I have been using the rugby field reference because it's quite illustrative. You know, you see it in your mind. You think, oh, that's quite long, said the actor to the bishop. (laughs) Thank you, T.S. Eliot. (laughs) (laughs) So, go to the cabana bar. Yeah. Check out their very long terrace. Um, And it's very sort of beach clubby, Tropicana vibes, all sorts of good tropical feels. You can uh, whistle up some barramundi tacos. Wash it down with a Tilly Wills cocktail. Oh, now what is a Tilly Wills cocktail? Andrew says. What is a Tilly Wills cocktail, Michael? <laughs> it is a gin and elderflower cocktail with passion fruit and lime. Okay, so good. And did you? <clears throat> I'll start that again. Did you? How did you enjoy their fishbowl cocktails? <laughs> I dived straight in yes. a 600 milliliter balloon glass, <laughs> which, is, which is really designed for a family. Yes, uh, they say it's designed for the long-term vacationer, <laughs> so you, you might be there overnight, but it's a very nice way to well, sample. because you can't really move after you've had it. <laughs> oh, it, is, um, it is a meal of a cocktail, really. Mm-hmm. You'll be on it all night. Yeah. But they've got all. <laughs> oh, they've got the all cocktail that is yes. So the cocktail list at Cabana it is like a salute to poolside holiday classics. You've got your pina coladas, your mojitos. I was half expecting Duran Duran to walk in, you know. It's just got that kind of happy party vibe to it. Very good. The Millionaire's Margarita. If you want to have a wee splash in your fishbowl cocktail. sounds expensive. uh, $140. (laughs) I know. (laughs) You order a round of that, yeah. Yes. Now, I need to tell you about Alia. I've heard about Alia. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Alia's downstairs. Oh, well. 
and if you've had a few of the uh, millionaire cocktails, you just fall down the stairs. You say, g'day, Alia. Yeah. Now, Alia is just below Cabana Bar in uh, the MLC Centre. Yeah. And it's a very Middle Eastern-themed uh, uh, restaurant, reworking some Aussie classics. So you can get things like Iraqi char-grilled Murray Cod. Um, Hold on, sorry. Iraqi char-grilled Murray Cod. Yes. So that would be a sobriety test. If yes. you could actually order that, then you're sober. Iraqi <laughs> Cod Murray. What? Oh, Nathan, oh, here's another one who's had a millionaire's margarita. <laughs> But the yeah. thing about the Iraqi char grilled Murray yeah. Cod is that it's barbecued slow in mm. a glaze. So you've got all of those Middle Eastern spices, garlic, turmeric, tamarind. It's brushed with an apple and pineapple juice um, sauce. Absolutely sublime. Another favourite, the almond-crusted John Dory with tarotor and maresh chilli. How did John feel about that? <laughs> John was very happy <laughs> in his maresh chilli. And you, you've got to try it earlier their bread, those big ballooned, burnished balls what? of bread called oh. Khorazan. Oh, yeah. Khorazan bread, which is Persian. I'm in love with those balls of bread. Alia is so good. Well, where else can you get big ballooned, burnished balls? <laughs> uh, now, for the uninitiated. Yes. Teratol. Uh, yeah, teratol is a lemon juice, garlic, and sesame seed paste. Yes. And Maresh. Yes. And the chilies from southeastern Turkey. Yes. Yes. Now, I, mm, changing food scenes, what about a signature high tea? I mean, what a signature high tea? How very, <laughs> how very colonial. It is very colonial. Actually, somewhere very colonial to have a signature high tea yeah. is at uh, the Radisson Blue Plaza Hotel because it is housed in the old Fairfax Newspapers Building on Pitt Street. Oh, well, yeah. Very colonial-looking structure. Good old Big Fairfax. sandstone Fairfax building, yeah. It's actually similar to New York's Flatiron building. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like that triangular. Yes. Where it's yes. got like three sides to it. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. What, real triangular? Three sides? Funny that, eh? Um, um, very elegant setting, this hotel, for a signature high tea. Lots of sweet and savoury goodies. They actually do really good high teas in Sydney, but people do say this one is one of the best. Um, I thought the chicken curry puffs mm. were particularly good. Okay. Yes. Now- Places to stay. Yes. Okay. A decent hotel in Sydney. Yes. Worth its salt. Needs a roof. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, needs a rooftop bar and rooftop pool. As I say this, with many memories coming to mind, ah. you would have, <laughs> you would have to agree. Yes. And I'm thinking of a couple of hotels we almost got slung out of. Yes. But anyway, I can think of a few hotels <laughs> where we were taking in the skyline views from the rooftop, yeah. and the staff of that hotel became quite. Friendly. I yes, I know the the particular time you were talking yes. about, and they yes. and they said, "Oh, what are you two doing yes. after?" I finished work in half an hour, <laughs> and we're like, "Ah, oh, go there, Sydney hospitality." <laughs> Indeed, yes. Um, if you yeah. want to go to an absolutely superb spot with a rooftop bar, Hyatt Regency Sydney. Now, this overlooks Darling Harbour. It's actually the city's largest premium hotel. It's got 888 guest rooms, which I know sounds like a small city, but, <laughs> it, but it didn't actually feel like that because it's such a massive hotel. Mm. The rooftop, uh, they call it the Zephyr Sky Bar, which I thought is quite a cool name. Amazing views across Darling Harbour all the way down to Barangaroo. Um, yeah. 
definitely recommend it. All right. Coming up, we go west. We head to Perth and the place that, if you didn't know it before 1986 in New Zealand, everybody was watching. Where are we going? Sailing away. Yeah, we'll go see what the buzz is about. Back with you in a tick. (laughs) Nice. This is Kiwi Trips. This is you're back with Mike and Andrew. We are rocking over to the other coast in Australia. And Perth. Perth is a wonderful place. In fact, a lot of people who uh, identify with Christchurch seem to gravitate to Perth because mm-hmm. it, it's a similar vibe going on. And the city has been enjoying a makeover in recent years. Quite noticeable? Definitely. The city's mojo is buzzing. Um, and they've got so many fresh temptations They've done so many incredible urban regeneration projects in recent years. A lot of them have been finished off during the COVID period. So one of the standouts, for example, is this new town square called Yagan Square, which connects the CBD with Northbridge. Nothing to do with Jägermeister, I hope. No, no, no. Good. Not at all. It's full of art, the square. It is gorgeous. And the really cool thing about it was, previously, Northbridge was essentially severed from Mm. the rest of the CBD by a whole lot of railway tracks. Yes. So they've sunk those underground and they've reclaimed four hectares for the city square that stitches the whole city centre together. How cool is that? Taking a leaf out of Sydney's book, but Mm. the railway underneath, don't split your city up. Now, even more transformative is the multi-billion, multi-billion dollar Elizabeth Key development, which accentuates the city's focus on the Swan River. Yes, they've very much brought the river into the city so that it all integrates. Think Sydney's Darling Harbour and you'll get a feel for just how colossal the Elizabeth Key project has been. You've got 10 hectares of blue ribbon riverfront land and they've adorned it with all sorts of new public spaces, nautical playgrounds, amazing eateries, glitzy hotels. It really is a spectacular promenade. Now, as we've covered in previous podcasts, a good thing to do when you're away is a walking tour. They've got some of these lined up. Definitely, I reckon, the best way to find your feet in a new destination. And OHWA uh, is the walking tour company I would recommend. <laughs> oh, hey, WA. <laughs> it's not like a cheerleader sort of thing. It does. Yeah, it does. I think they wanted it to try and be catchy. That's very catchy. OHWA's uh, boss is a very cool chick called A.D. Chapman, and she's as irrepressible as the city. Um, it's a surefire way to get a true sense of the city's spunk and its sparkle. Um, I went on a 90-minute wander with 80 and it traversed all sorts of themes. Laneways, laden with lots of libations, amazing architecture, some of the city's best street art, and they've got incredible street art, particularly the indigenous street art was what I thought was so conspicuous, like um, Good. the Rainbow Serpent, which is very, very sacred, it's revered by yeah, Aboriginal yeah. people, the rainbow serpent, kind of like the Tanifa in a, in a Maori context, you know, in terms of a supernatural force that should be revered, um, deified virtually. Yeah. Um, so they've got this massive, massive rainbow serpent slithering along the walls of an entire laneway, and you just stand there and look at it and think, Wow. Yeah, let's be quite honest. Australia are very, 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 very late to the party with um, recognising the First Nations, but they seem to they're be stepping up. They seem to be getting there. Mm. Now, you are the right person to ask this question. What's all the go with the small bars ah, in the area? 
fireflies rejoice. <laughs> and one of them is right now, yes. Ah, over the past decade or so, <laughs> there have been major liquor licensing changes in Western Australia, and it has spawned uh, an explosion an absolute profusion of small bars <laughs> setting up trade in all sorts of nooks and crannies. And for and those listening, note the absolute joy in Michael's voice here. <laughs> well, they are very, very characterful. Yeah. And a lot of these little small bars you'll find tucked away in dishevelled alleyways, little hidey holes. It's like with another a, world. With a few dishevelled people to go along with it. You get a bit of that. Oh, yes. But it's, it's like... These bars are bubbling away in a parallel universe because they're sort of hidden. Oh. Um, so you need to know where to go, which yeah. is where AD from OHWA was very, very resourceful. Joe's Juice Joint. That yes. name intrigues me. Yes. This is a rock and roll den, mm. kind of like your classic dive bar. So the food is all fried chicken, cheeseburgers. Then you've got your pinball machines and Classic rock pretty much is the soundtrack of the place. I went to another really cool little bar, Prohibition style, called Sneaky Tony's. Isn't that a cool name? It's like something out of New Jersey. Something out of The Sopranos, but yeah. Yeah, very Sneaky Tony's. <laughs> um, the shelves at Sneaky Tony's are bursting with liquid gold. They have got 300 rums on offer. It's a rum bar. Uh, 300 rums. So just pull up a stall, settle in. With and the, sneaky Tonys. The challenge would be to stay on that stool. Yes. Right. Now, gin is a big thing, mm. a big, 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 big thing yeah. on, uh, on both sides of the Tasman yeah. and at Michael's house. Your recommendations are what? In Perth, go to Queen Street and go to the Flower Factory, which is a funny kind of name for a gin bar, but this place mm. is very cool. It fuses together a New York deli with a Spanish bodega cocktail bar across three levels of a former 100-year-old flour mill. Hence nice. the name, the yes. Flower Factory. Flower Factory, yeah. The thing, Andrew, at uh, the Flower Factory, which I thought was quite impressive, you've got <laughs> over 150 types of gin on offer. How many did you get through? Uh, I had two. But the fun <laughs> thing was, the fun thing was, I was feeling very indecisive, which I know is not like me, but I didn't know which one to choose. And I've got a gin wheel. <laughs> so you just spin the wheel to place your order. You know, that's where Steve Park could work now. <laughs> Spin the gin wheel. <laughs> and the food? Oh, the food. If you like pizza, and I do, mm -hmm. definitely go to Alfred's Pizzeria, a New York gangster-style basement pizza bar. Yeah. Um, fantastic pizza. And you can get it by the slice, as you do in New York. Uh, for Posh Nosh, I would recommend Wildflower. Now, we were just talking about the whole indigenous thing before. Wildflower. I'm not sure you can term it the whole indigenous thing but <laughs> oh the, the, sorry we were just talking about the <laughs> michael cultural reawakening before yes and first nations we can go go on yeah the wildflower is this fabulously visionary go get them restaurant that has incorporated a lot of noongar bush tucker into mm -hmm. its menu noongar the local uh people yeah. of uh, perth yes um and like a lot of other Aboriginal people across Australia, the Noongar people see the year as six seasons, not four. Yeah. So the whole menu at Wildflower beats to those six seasons of the calendar. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very cool thing to check out. Uh, so spring is coming. And this is my thing with the whole our seasons. Spring is coming up. It doesn't feel like spring. 
doesn't feel like spring till the end of September. We've got our seasons wrong. Anyway, what about... I've got, I've got an observation to add there. Go on. Right. We are currently in... Um, Winter. Mid, yeah, mid-August, right? Yeah. I checked um, a little note I made in my diary last year, oh, and go. the first to blossom appeared on my fruit trees on August the 10th. The late this year, definitely. Yeah, but there you go. first of September yeah. is freezing cold. Doesn't feel like spring. It's still cold, but we've hit anyway. The seasons of what about Kui? Kui? Well, Kui Perth is another very fabulous place to go and have a bit of a nosh. It's housed in the old Swan Brewery down on the uh, riverfront below. Kings Park, which is the big city park in Perth. Uh, Kiwi Perth, what I would suggest you have is their delicious chicken terrine. I wasn't overly hungry because I felt like I'd been sharing myself about uh, As at, you do, yes. at the eateries. Mm-hmm. So I had a chicken terrine. Did you eat much as well? <laughs> a nice light lunch of chicken terrine. However, I made room because I needed to <laughs> succumb to the most amazing toffee pudding I think I've ever had in my life. Lovely. Yes. Lovely. Now, did you do a smoking ceremony? Yes. I took an indigenous walking tour to give myself some personal cultural reawakening uh, with Nick Abraham, who is a Noongar elder. Fabulous guy, Nick. Okay. So we walked along the Swan, Swan Riverbank. What I was struck most about my time with Nick, his insights on the revered rainbow serpent. And I actually thought this was very, very sad, but Nick said how a family member some years ago supposedly saw one mm. of these rainbow serpents in the river. Yeah. It was actually a premonition in yeah. Nick's eyes. Several days later, their grandfather lost their life in the exact same spot of the Swan River. Isn't that spooky? Yeah. So they see that as, as a deity, and this was definitely like an omen of impending doom. And it was those sorts of anecdotes that uh, Nick very generously just spilled forth with. And uh, we finished off with the smoking ceremony, which for the uninitiated, including myself, is all about banishing negative energy and letting the positive energy surround you. And it was actually quite funny. Nick joked that he's frequently asked uh, to smoke visiting sports teams. And Collingwood were playing in Perth a couple of months ago, and the Collingwood AFL team said, oh, would you mind if we could um, get smoked? So Nick smoked them, and ever since, and I've checked this, and he's right, they have not lost a game. (coughs) How cool is that? It's amazing how people don't believe things until they're up against the wall, and then suddenly they're like, oh, Mm. actually, you know, Mm. hmm." Mm. That's for another podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Professor Seppi. Yes, how <laughs> impressive is Optus Stadium? It's exceptional, Andrew. Uh, you will remember the bird's nest from the Beijing Olympics. People went crazy about the bird's nest. Indeed. Such a catchy name. I reckon Optus has riffed off a similar theme because the facade is similar and resembles a giant swan nest. Cool. Um, equally eye-grabbing is the bridge right next to it, the Matagarup Bridge. It's only been open about four years, and the whole setup, the bridge, and of course the stadium across the bridge connects you with East Perth. The design of the bridge, wow, so clever. They've got these flowing steel arches, and they represent two things. First of all, a pair of black and white swans. That is self-explanatory. Yes, 
The other thing, uh, the coming together of diverse cultures and also yes, the rainbow oh, serpent. Of course. Yes. You can zip line down from the top of the bridge if you really want to. Wow. Mm. That's actually that, that's a must. Optus Stadium. Yeah. Go and check it out. Just ahead, we hot foot it to the place that we were all uh, sailing wa- away. Glued to in 1986 <laughs> and 1987, Perth's la, la, little. Back in a mo. You're back with Kiwi Trips. There's Mike and Andrew finally on this edition, uh, way out west in Australia. Uh, the place, as we have already said, and Mike has sung, sailing away. Uh, Fremantle. Fremantle. Frio yeah. to friends. Yeah, the 1987 yes. America's Cup, which New Zealand entered for the first time. KZ7, Kiwi Magic, the fiberglass plastic fantastic, skipped by Chris Dixon. And, of course, the America's Cup was won by Dennis Connor. And that was Paul Holmes' debut on yes. New Zealand television. Yeah, with when, Dennis. With Dennis Connor. Dirty Dennis. Dirty Dennis walked out on Paul Holmes and said, Are oh, you foolish? Anyway, <laughs> we were glued to yeah. the television yeah. that summer watching. Vintage. Yeah, it was yeah. vintage. Now, Fremantle, um, yes. some people say it's a little suburb of Perth oh. and really, oh. Oh. <laughs> really, oh. really ticks off the locals, right? <laughs> it so does. They are fiercely independent. Quite tribal, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Quite feral. No, they're fabulous people, but they are so proud of their distinct sense of place and personality. Um, it's like... They've got their own bohemian bubble in Fremantle, or Frio, as they like to call it. It is a port town, a time-honoured port town. It's got a spunk and a spirit as colourful and as quirky as its locals, a destination in its own right. Is the Cappuccino Strip enjoying a new lease of life after COVID? Yeah, it is. It is humming. And I love this strip, which is actually South Terrace. It's like the main drag coursing through town. Um, It's like the trunk in Fremantle's tree. And it's... (laughs) It's um, got a very strong Italian ethos to it because a lot of the (laughs) hospitality establishments were established by Italian migrants. So that legacy still endures today. When you walk along the Cappuccino Strip, there are some very perky Italian cafes where, say, at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, you'll see all these older Italian men hunched around the counter, kicking back espresso, catching up with the daily gossip. It's like a scene out of... Rome or Florence or Napoli, I just love it. All the Sopranos, yeah. Yes. They're very proud and protective of their heritage buildings too. They've got a gobsmacking trove of them, 150 heritage-protected buildings, and we're talking a very small town. Yeah, so, it's not big. Yeah. Think uh, Oamaru, right? And yeah. they've got that lovely little um, harbourside yes. settlement of Victorian buildings. It's like yes. that on party pills, you know? <laughs> it's just... Extraordinary. Dozens and dozens of these highly ornate heritage buildings uh, flank the entire length of High Street. Uh, It is like just a massive movie set. Oh, and the National Hotel, too, is a star specimen. It's a grand old watering hole, ambitiously revived at a cost of $7 million 10 years ago after a few fires. Yeah, they had heaps of fires. 
Um, they should so, have been smoked. <laughs> they needed definitely well, actually, to so see Nick. They probably got smoked after. <laughs> anyway. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Yeah. They didn't use the eucalyptus leaves, I suspect. And did not mm. indeed. Mm. Interesting thing about those eucalyptus leaves, I noticed while I was doing that smoking ceremony with Nick, they all have a distinct aroma, you yeah. know, depending which tree or... Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, amazing. Very aromatic. Anyway, uh, Carl Buller's... <laughs> who is the boss of the National Hotel, he has just now turned his hand to rescuing another derelict heritage building. This one is the old courthouse. So it's been laying down the law for over a century. It's now been decommissioned. He's turning it into um, a series of brand new dining rooms so you can enjoy a rotisserie chicken with a side of convict history <laughs> in Fremantle. The cool thing about the dining rooms is each one is adorned with the original magistrate's bench and prisoner dock from oh. the from the law days. You can feel right at home. Indeed. Now, Fremantle Prison is uh, quite famous, and it's kind of Australia's answer to Alcatraz. I reckon it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, without overstating it, I mean, it is World Heritage listed, this limestone fortress, Fremantle Prison, which was built by convicts back in the 1850s. Yeah, the irony, yes. Yeah. yeah but, it, you, but you get convicts to build a prison. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to add things like tunnels and, and <laughs> just saying. Funny that. Yes. <laughs> It actually remains the most intact convict establishment in the Southern Hemisphere. The thing which blows me away in many respects, Andrew, is this very austere facility from the 1850s remained operating as a maximum security prison until 1991. Yeah, some of Australia's history in prisons isn't particularly good. The torchlight tour will bring to light some of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very sordid history, haunting tales of executions gone wrong yeah. and the undue suffering there. Now, if you're fascinated by the psychology of the criminal mind, and a lot of people are, uh, check out the prison's true crime tour uh, for harrowing stories of the prison's most notorious inmates and their attempt to escape. Using those tunnels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and down by the port, by the way, you can also peruse the predecessor to Fremantle Prison, the Round House. Mm. So this was the original jail that was built in 1831. It is, as the name would suggest, uniquely shaped as a round house. As you do. Yeah. Now, what about some good eats and bars? Well, I was told to go to Bread and Common, and as the name would suggest... The whole menu is based around bread. It It does. It does. (laughs) That's true. The thing about it is it's not garden variety bread. We are talking wood-fired, preservative-free bread. Lots of long communal tables, very Italian, that. And it's a really seductive venue. A lot of locals will just go there in the afternoon to nosh on their bread and sip coffee for quite some hours while catching up on emails. I also really enjoyed La Sosta, yes, Italian. Mm -hmm. Uh, You'll find silky handmade pasta there. Very cool um, aperitivo hour because they've got this fantastic balcony. If you want to uh, have a good munch, go for the handmade pork ravioli or even better, the squid ink spaghetti served with crab and cherry tomatoes. Ooh, Lunch of the day, I think. So why is Jungle Bird so popular? I think this might be my favourite place in Fremantle, Jungle Bird. You and birds, there's a thing. There's a thing. And jungles. Yeah. Yes. Um, Jungle Bird has got this sort of beachy vibe tropical beachy vibe in the middle of town uh, in High Street, the west end of High Street. They specialise in Caribbean delight. So you've got your jerk chicken. I do like a bit of jerk chicken with Jamaican (laughs) rice. 
Too obvious. Alongside boutique rums. Yeah. And kick-ass cocktails. Yeah. It's just a very cool place and a really good example of the sort of personality that is reawakening High Street. Down on the waterfront, just very quickly, Bather's Beach House is a cranking diner. Obviously, seafood is king here, but it's the location. Yes. You can watch this big, fat, fireball sunset torching the Indian Ocean. Just love it. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, little creatures were the, the craft kings and have been for a long time. They're still going. They're still they're still putting it out. How have they retained this? Well, it's a fascinating question because they've actually gone global. They've got a little creatures brewery now in yeah. Hobsonville in Auckland. Have they? Yeah. Ooh. These guys are like major craft beer trailblazers. They led the microbrewery charge over there 25 years ago. They're still like an institution. However, down at the port, they've got a very fierce newcomer giving them a run for their money called Gage Roads Brewery. So the locals are really raving about Gage Roads. Um, They've got this massive brew house for their faithful frothheads. I do like that term for craft beer drinkers, frothheads. Very westy, isn't it? (laughs) It is very westy. So go to Gage Roads. They've got... It's like venues within a venue. So yeah. They've got like a lounge area and, yeah, sort of table service, restaurant area. And it's just, yeah, it's like a little world unto its own. Grab a tasting paddle at Gage Roads, whistle up a Fremantle lobster roll. If you're feeling even hungrier, I would definitely recommend the Rotten East Island swordfish schnitzel with caviar bayonnaise, which is like a hollandaise sauce with a bit of caviar thrown in for good measure. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's that's about it for this edition. We're tired. I'm sure you are from listening. Uh, We hope you enjoyed our coast-to-coast highlight insights in Australia, across the ditch. Um, Lovely place to go. The weather's getting warmer. The borders are opening up. It's time for a little trip away. Be sure to like our Facebook page, and our show notes are available, as always, on the website, kiwitripsters.co.nz. We would always love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters, even if you think we're atrocious. <laughs> Just go to the podcast service of your choice and tell us what you think. Our, Get rid of them. <laughs> our feature articles on roaming the coasts of Australia, Perth to Sydney, they're available on fortheloveoftravel.nz. It is fortheloveoftravel.nz, and we would love you to catch us again very soon when we do a spring fling in Rotorua. That's us. Take care. Hooroo. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram, and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Safe travels.